mihinui ki a koutou katoa. I'm Sue Berman and this is Kura Tuturu, Real Gold. In this podcast we explore Auckland Library's heritage and research collections. Thursday, June 9, 2022, Auckland Library's rare book specialist Jane Wilde invited the McKelvey Society to a close-up exploration of a very special book, Mary Lawrence's A Collection of Roses from Nature, printed in 1799. This breathtakingly beautiful volume of hand-painted plates was donated to Auckland Libraries by the McKelvey Trust, adding a significant collection item for enriching research and learning. You can find out more about the generosity of the McKelvey Society and how you can support their work in the description attached to this episode. As for this talk, stay tuned to hear more about the Rose Book from Jane Wilde, as well as from the guest voice of artist Karen Montgomery, whose crafted paper rose drew inspiration from Mary Lawrence's A Collection of Roses from Nature. Both the book and the recreation of Rosa Provincialis B, A Plush Province Rose, will be available for viewing in the Special Collections Reading Room, Level 2 of the Central City Library, during August 2022. And now to hear more about the book, here's Jane Wilde, Rare Book Specialist, Auckland Library's Heritage Collections. It was an honour for the owner as well as for the flower when Miss Lawrence painted his portrait. Welcoming you to our McKelvey Society Book Talk. It's more than a book talk, it's a rose launch, and um, it's, that's a result of close observation of our 1799 plates and hours of work. So a special welcome to Karen Montgomery as our guest artist who's going to reveal the new rose of 2022. Now, some 226 years after Mary Lawrence started painting roses in London, first we're going to get close up to the rose book, which I've got opened at its frontispiece and um, I've got some related works alongside. So just to give you some context before I start opening pages, in 1799, Mary Lawrence completed her three-year project. She was only 20 when she started this, a collection of roses from nature. There's 91 copper plates depicting roses, and they're all etched and hand-coloured herself, which is pretty extraordinary. Um, you know about Radute's work, he didn't do etching and hand colouring, he was, he was doing the painting. Um, and she published this book in 30 fascicles or parts from her home in London, 83 Queen Anne Street East, which you'll see on each plate. Also noting that she had drawn and engraved on each plate. So each number of the 30 parts was made up of three hand coloured plates and each number sold for 10 shillings and sixpence, as advertised in the Morning Chronicle. Um, to collect all 30 parts, the book would have cost 15 guineas. That's an expensive book to commit to, with a guinea equating to 100 pounds, um, 1,500 pounds all up. And it's kind of interesting um, in terms of what the market value is for the collection of Roses by Nature um, now. I'll talk about that in a minute. So this is the first book to be wholly devoted to roses, predating Redoute's rose book by almost 20 years. We've got Redoute's book on succulents here, um, and that was published in 1799, the same year as Mary Lawrence's rose book. Um, so I think you'll, you'll enjoy seeing that. Um, 
and that book continued in parts until 1837. From 1798, Redute's patron was the Empress Josephine Bonaparte. But for Mary Lawrence, you can note the dedication um, here with Her Majesty's gracious permission. It's humbly dedicated to Queen Charlotte, um, who's appropriately the patron of a lot of botanical things, really, um, for in, in the UK. So um, this links Mary Lawrence very nicely with the famous botanical artist Mary Delaney, who also received patronage from Queen Charlotte, wife of George III. Mary Lawrence describes herself as a teacher of botanical art on the title page. So that's the title page there. And just kind of in the contextual statements, I'm just um, sharing that latter, how exciting that latter half of the 18th century was for European botanists, with voyages of exploration, including Cook's three voyages, returning with hitherto unknown plant species. Many of these specimens were sent directly to Kew Gardens, where the Botanical Journal, the flower garden displayed, which you might know of as Curtis's, was published. And I've got Curtis's at the last table down there. That's the world's longest running, continuously published botanical magazine. And we hold the run from 1787 here in Special Collections. The index volumes on the table there, along with a later volume for you to view, um, which has some lovely jewels like the great hedgehog aloe and the banks rose, um, which you might want to have a bit of time with. So Mary Lawrence was a skilled artist who could charge for lessons when it was considered a social accomplishment for ladies to paint flowers. And that includes the, you know, the princesses of, of um, George III and Queen Charlotte's children. I don't know that she taught them, but you know, they were learning how to paint flowers. And Mary Lawrence's botanical specimens for her drawings came from various nursery gardens, including the famous vineyard nursery at Hammersmith. And it was noted, um, it was an honour for the owner as well as for the flower when Miss Lawrence painted its portrait. Um, which I think is, is a wonderful, um, kind of, it shows you how, how sort of, what the status was for um, the person who could present something to be painted. There was an advertisement in the Sun newspaper in 1798, um, which Miss Lawrence uh, wanted to clarify. She takes this as an opportunity of observing there are a variety of spurious roses every year, none of which are included in her work, as they are produced by grafting and consequently will not bear cultivation. On the contrary, every rose in the present collection is now in actual cultivation in England and has been approved by the first judges. So she, she put an advertisement in to just make sure everyone knew these were roses you could, you could plant and know that they were going to do those amazing flowers for you. She did only one other book called A Collection of Passion Flowers, which would have been a spectacular thing, but it, it didn't perform nearly as well and there are not nearly as many surviving copies. She exhibited her paintings annually at the Royal Academy from 1794 right through till 1830. And in 1813 she married Thomas Kearse and, and their son William was born in 1815 when she was in her late 30s. Thomas died in 1840 and his will reveals that their son had disabilities. He's referred to as my unfortunate imbecile son, William Lawrence Curse. And when Mary dies five years later at the age of 68, 
She leaves her property to her son and appoints executors and trustees to look after my unfortunate son. Now, the collection of roses from nature is a relatively rare book. There are no other copies recorded in the Southern Hemisphere, um, nothing in, in re research collections at this side of the world other than the one that McKelvey's Trust generously gifted to the library. The English short title catalogue lists 10 copies and in institutions, and they're mostly in the UK and the US. And there's currently a copy for sale at the London dealer uh, Shapiro Rare Books, on sale at US $65,000 or 50,000 Great British Pounds. So it's not too late. But quite interesting in terms of the value of the cost of buying it then, um, it's actually kept its value very, very well. And three copies have been digitised, including our Auckland Library's copy, which was, as I've said, presented to the library in 2014. Thank you, McKelvey Trust. Other digital copies are at the New York Public Library and the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Georgia Prince has examined several copies in London at the British Library, the Victoria and Albert Library, and the Natural History Museum. And she said that every copy is unique in the vibrant hand colouring by Mary Lawrence. So interesting, the more, the more you see, the more you get out of it. Um, and this is a chance for me now to, to encourage Karen, who I think is Karen Montgomery, who may be going to New York, to, to visit that copy in the New York Public Library to report back for us about how that one looks. Um, so I just want to let you know that Auckland-based artist Karen Montgomery has examined Mary Lawrence's rose plates, mostly online, but sometimes through the reading room as well. And she's completed a rose based on plate one, Rosa Provincialis B, Blush Province Rose. So I might ask uh, Karen to unveil that uh, before we start uh, before we start going through the actual plates. And just also letting you know that Karen's researched the provenance of Slater's China Crimson, which came to the UK in 1792, so it was very new when this came out, from China, and then came later to New Zealand in 1814 through Samuel Marsden's missionaries. And this rose you'll, you'll see rampant in the north, um, and Karen can comment further on that specimen as well. So I'll put my mask back on and invite Karen to come and share, share that first rose with us. from the picture that I first saw here and then lots of investigation online, so there have been many hits online. I found it very difficult. I obviously only worked with more class, generally having two, one that I could pull apart and one that I would have sitting in front of me. And so this became uh, a challenge for me. And also, once I looked very closely and ramp this up and magnifying glass out and press the sides on the screen, I could see that Mary Lawrence could barely contain herself. I think she had a lot more going with doing specimens. I think she was bursting. Saturated with colour. They're very 
ramped up and they had four shortened stems and whatever. So my initial efforts um, weren't looking that good. So I had to sort of um, really do my own thing as Mary has done hers with the rose. And, and I have noticed looking at many other botanical artists that you could put the same rose in front of them and they'll all come up with something different. Uh, but Mary, I could see, um, she wasn't going to do anything terribly subtle, it wasn't going to be understated, it was really going to be something that you couldn't ignore. I think, I think they're brilliant, I think they're absolutely wonderful. Um, it, it, it proved to be uh, somewhat problematic for me getting her leaves right, as once again she had really exaggerated the way that a leaf is, and particularly if you look very, very closely at them. However, when you see it like this, you just can't resist. They're absolutely wonderful. So, I have made a paper and wire and uh, painted rose um, for you to have a look at. So there we are. Thank you, Karen. So I think um, when, when we've finished our tour, we'll keep the whare open so you've got time to get up close to the new rose and just now I'll take you through some of these plates so you get a sense of the, the difference and you're welcome to come stand in front if you'd rather get closer up because I'm just going to carefully turn some pages um, and you know as Karen said you'll see this is a lovely one an example with that kind of serrated edge leaf and a, a nice insect bite out of this one so it's, but the two you get this sort of stippling you see in the amount of black that's in the, uh, in the painting and the hair on the buds, you know, there's attention to detail there. So, you know, every three months there'd be a new set of three roses coming through. And, you know, just as we know with the, the um, slatest China crimson coming out and arriving in the UK in 1792, these are new roses arriving. Um, that people would be very keen to try planting in their gardens. See every, there's her address at the bottom and she's also noted that she sculpted and well, engraved and painted. She's got that in Latin there on Is every she plate. Writing as well? um, I, I think we can only just guess that she did. I want you to get to see some good colour, range of colours. Wonderful sound and turning off the paper. Yes, it's quality it's paper, quality. isn't it? Do you know what the paper is? No, it'll be a rag paper. Um, it's, it's a lovely weight. And that's the lovely thing about those 18th century publications. They, they actually stay in very good condition because the quality of the paper, it's not like a, a wood... Um, pulp paper where you're getting it foxing and yellowing very quickly. Um, apart from the tissue paper which has discoloured mm. a little bit. And I get the preservation unit in for that. But yeah, I think as Karen said, she's having a lot of fun, you know, with things like the back of the leaves. It's sort of like, it's almost like you can feel a breeze blowing through some of those. Um, and a lot going on in every specimen so you have always got the buds you've got a kind of um, there's one with the petals all gone mm -hmm. um, 
And some of these, you almost feel like you smell this one. I mean, it's just got such a, a luscious quality with those petals. This is, this is very interesting with the, um, the thorns and that sort of hairy nature to it. Are these what we would call bourbon roses now? We've got some rose experts. They might be. We've got the Heritage Rose Society wanting to come see the book, so I'll ask them to clarify that. And I'll just keep that one open for you to come back to see. Jamie, the one you said goes rampantly in your Oh, that's the China's um, latest China Crimson, which isn't in the book. Oh, okay. um, I can double check if it comes up in Curtis, in the index to Curtis, but it's, um, it was introduced in. 1792, so it's, it's, it had come in. Yeah. I don't know what Karen would, would say, but it might be that it wasn't quite as, as um, spectacular. It's not a glamorous looking rose, and no. it's very understated and quite wild looking with yeah. tiny little petals. Yeah. <laughs> um, but pretty sort of yeah, crimson. It's a pink old rose. Mm. It that's yes, that's, it. that's not, no, it's not that on. one. I know the little pink yeah, one, okay. yes. Yeah. Um, that's a red one, Yes, that's oh, a real yeah. and very thorny. Yeah. 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 Right. So the colour is a scarlet. Yes, yes. Right. <laughs> so I might just open up the Redoute just so you see a different flavour of publication that also came out in 1799. Um, so this, well, he, he continued publishing for quite some time, but it's, it's, it's catalogued as 1799, but I think some of the plates may be later, but because it would have come out in, in parts, it's got a very different flavour to it. You can sort of tell that it's French, and it's a, a much more scientific approach. And what we're getting here are, um, they're not the pretty roses, but they are um, kind of plants of every scale. You're getting things that look almost like a, a daisy, um, but you've got the succulents in here. Mm -hmm. And some quite large plants as well. I'll just... This lovely paper to one of the colourful ones I chose earlier. A yucca. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> And there's another well, aloe. So um, you can see he was described as the Raphael of the succulents. And so <laughs> see what you think. <laughs> you know the the later um, commentators, Sir Cheverell Sitwell and Wilfred Blunt and other people, really dismissed Mary Lawrence. They thought she, they thought she was garish. But I think there was a lot of sexism that came into it as well. So it's, it's nice to be able to see the, the um, validity and the, the sort of spectacular nature of her work and, the, and sort of compare it with something that was published at that same time. Mm. Well, Redute too is really scientifically. Absolutely. Mm. It's a scientific yeah. approach, yeah. That's it? right. It's very different. It's not a celebration of the no. flower. Mm. Yeah. It's, not that it's quite joy. practical. Yeah. Wonderful detail. And yeah. very important because yeah. a lot of these are exotics, if you think. That's right. Mm. You know, yeah. Quite they were introduced newly arrived. to botanical garden. Totally. Straight to Kew and then mm. cactus. What was it? Cacala. Yeah. Okay. So you're welcome to come in and look at, look at these when the library is 
open in the Reading Room from midday till five during the week, mm. and on a Saturday from 10 till four. So we can get them out for you. And I just thought I'd show you Curtis's. Um, this was donated by Thomas Lees of Lees Institute fame. So that's the index mm -hmm. to Curtis's. And in that scientific way, there's an English index, a Latin index, and an index by specimen. And then I just marked um, the Rosa Banksia give you another another rose illustration um, just as a sort of celebration of, of the rose today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share with others. Also, follow Auckland Libraries via your favourite podcast platform to be alerted to new content. We have many great podcasts including heritage concerts and talks, literary lounges via Books and Beyond and special exhibition content. Thanks for listening. Mā te wā.